welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome to what I would call the technology episode. Throughout a lot of what you've heard in the last year or two, we've referenced things like addiction to Facebook usage or married to our iPhones or maybe even more nefarious things like addicted to internet pornography. You and I both know that technology, artificial intelligence, Computer algorithms, software, and hardware have become a part of all of our lives, you and me and our families. And as those things become smarter, better, and faster, it creates a dilemma. Today we will call it the social dilemma. To coordinate with a Netflix film, a documentary that you may want to check out. What I will be doing with you today is referencing some of the material in that documentary. So maybe this 18 minutes will save you the hour and a half that you would invest in that program. More importantly, I want to investigate this idea of a dilemma. When it comes to cell phone usage or internet dependency, there are many good things, and we need to talk about those, but it presents a bit of a quandary because there are negatives very closely related to the benefits. We will explore that today, and then I am saving a few minutes at the end to tell you about some changes that I have made, some changes that my family has committed to, to make social media usage, computer usage, less of a dilemma, less of a conflict, and more of a blessing because it has been relegated to a smaller role so that we can use it for its benefits and not be captured by its traps. So let me start by telling you about this documentary. It's largely about the monetization of social media. Things like Google search, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. Have you noticed that those things are free? That at least in the moment, whenever you want, you don't pay for the product. One of the lines in the documentary that really captured my attention is if you don't pay for the product, then you are the product. And here's what they mean by that. Facebook and Instagram and YouTube are selling you to advertisers. Those companies make in the billions of dollars by convincing advertisers that they can make you stare at those products that are being sold. Their job is to use every tool, every artificial intelligence, every algorithm possible to search all of your internet history, to learn everything about you, so that they can continually show you things that you will want to pursue. Only showing you posts that interest you, only suggesting videos on YouTube that they know will cause you to jump down the rabbit hole for an hour. Along the way, they get to imprint upon your mind, whether you buy the product then or not, they imprint upon your mind different products and services that closely align 
with the things that you have shown them, told them basically, are important to you. Now, maybe when you think about the internet or perusing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever, you may not think that way. You may think, I'm not spending any money, and they don't control me, and it's actually a really good place to go. I get to learn how to do things through YouTube. I get to stay caught up with my friends on Facebook. I get to follow the news at Yahoo. By the way, I do not recommend Yahoo as your news source. But herein lies the dilemma. You're there looking at the phone, perusing whatever for innocent reasons, but on the other side of the screen is a machine whose purpose is to feed you things to keep you there. They want you addicted. They want you wasting hours. They want you more emotional. They want you angrier. So if you and I show that we might be into some conspiracy theories, they will suggest and feed and link you to those things as often as possible, which ultimately pushes our country apart. They don't care if it's true or not. They don't care if it's balanced or fair or not. They just want to incite you to look more, look longer, and be emotional about it. And so it's put me in a very difficult position. I want to enjoy this thing for the good things that it provides, but I don't want to be a product manipulated emotionally and with my time to the service and growth of some advertising industry. It really hit me in the documentary when they said that some things are more valuable dead than alive. Trees growing in a field don't help anyone. But trees grown in a line on a farm become very valuable when you cut them down and begin to process them for your benefit. Cows can be beneficial alive when they're put into cages and milk is extracted from them, but ultimately their best value is to fatten them up and kill them and to sell the meat. Well, in many ways, you and your children mean more to them dead than alive. I don't mean that literally. I just mean that when you are living your life and enjoying people and walking around doing what's in front of you, that doesn't do much for Facebook or their advertisers. They want you deadheaded, staring, consuming, lost in it, having visual imprints continually programmed into your subconscious so that they can make a buck. Okay, I'll move on from all of that. I'm sorry if there was more of that than you wanted, but that's the heavy-handed implications of the social dilemma as seen on Netflix. I will say that as a Christian, you and me both ought to be thinking about some of the things that Jesus said when he talked about what you look at with your eye enters your soul and fills you up and comes flooding out in the way you live and the words that you say. And so he said you can't serve God and stuff You need to keep your eyes single, focused on spiritual things. He went on to say, seek first, and I would say most often, the kingdom and the righteousness of God. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, which we read so often, talks about rejoicing and not being anxious, and part of that was prayer, but also in verse 8 and 9, part of that is thinking on, looking upon, and ingesting things that lead to life and things that matter. So I made a commitment about halfway through that program that I was going to break this affinity for digital consumption. I wasn't going to let the artificial intelligence on the other side control my mind, time, and attitude. 
But then, right at the midpoint of the program, something was said that floored me. I can't get it out of my mind. And as you are thinking through this holiday season and what your kids will be looking at and what you will purchase for them for Christmas and how that will look next year, please consider these next few minutes of content. There was an interview with a man named Tristan Harris. He worked for Google in years past. He was a design ethicist, which is really interesting. He was sort of the conscience for the company, which he said was woefully lacking. Of course it would be. They're all about money, bottom line. And he was giving a presentation to a room filled with tech execs, right? Silicon Valley people. And he was talking about the advancement of artificial intelligence and things like that. And he said, you know, we've always feared that moment when technology, when algorithms would overwhelm human strength. Now, here's what he meant by that. He was talking about uh, Terminator 2 stuff, where computers would become so smart, so intuitive, that they could replace all of our strengths. Robots would be better soldiers than our best soldiers. Computers would do a better job of serving people, and our whole service industry would be laid off. He said, we've always been afraid of that, that a computer would become better than us on our best day, and therefore we would be replaced. And I was thinking, yeah, that's crazy. I've seen those movies. But then he said something else. I almost titled this episode, this next phrase that you're about to hear, but I wanted you to remember where the program was, the social dilemma. And there is a dilemma always ongoing with me on the usage of these things that we kept that. But listen to this. He said, technology overwhelming human strength is a logical fear. But what we ought to have been more concerned with is already happening. That point much earlier in time when artificial intelligence, technology, and computers overwhelm human weakness. Now that is a scary phrase. He was saying that the phone that we carry with us and the social media options upon it and the ability of algorithms to know exactly what will trigger us can become so advanced that whatever weaknesses we have in our character, we will be rendered powerless to resist the temptation of tech. Translating that into Christian terminology, we know the weak deeds of the flesh. In Galatians 5, it talks about immorality, impurity, and sensuality. Those are weaknesses. We're trying to fight those things. Idolatry, we're trying to fight those. Enmity and strife and jealousy, outbursts of anger, drunkenness, things like that. I'm trying not to do those things. Those are weaknesses in my character that I'm trying to overcome. His point is, your device and the way that it works may be stronger than your ability to control those weaknesses. Now, you might say, no, that's not right. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, that no temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able 
but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Somebody says, nope, cell phones, computers, social media, they'll never be strong enough because I have God on my side. Do you know what that argument sounds like to me? It sounds like somebody standing on the end of a pier with a deep lake beneath them, putting a straight jacket on, having it bound tightly, and then jumping off into the water saying, God will save me. No matter how deep the water, no matter how bound I be by this jacket, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and God will show me the way. And all the while, God is saying, that's not what I meant by that at all. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 10, the next verse says to flee from idolatry. Take that jacket off. Stop standing on the end of the pier. I'm here to provide you a way of escape, but not if you willfully put yourself in a place where you are overwhelmed by temptation. And maybe that's what technology has become for us if we aren't monitoring it and relegating it as we should. Let me give you a couple of examples. Maybe you're someone who gets really angry at politicians, at the divisiveness in our country because of the foolishness of the other side. You don't think your computer knows that? You don't think Facebook knows what incites you to anger? So they keep feeding you things about the foolishness of the other side. They push conspiracy theories upon you. They give you YouTube suggestions that feed that. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It feeds your emotion, and you come away from that furious because it was more than you were equipped to handle. Think about something like internet pornography. Here's someone who does not want to do that. They pray about it all the time. They ask for God to help them, to control them, and yet every time they lift their device, which, by the way, has record of everywhere you've been on the internet, they become directed by a computer much smarter than they You're on Facebook scrolling through and there's some ad and in it there's a girl in a bikini. Ten minutes later, you're on one of those sites again. You don't think Facebook knew that would work? Manipulation over our weaknesses. I really hope you're ready to hear this. There are people who say, oh, that's nonsense. I can control it whenever. It doesn't have power over me. But if you've been failing repeatedly in areas of weakness and you keep asking for God to make it better, and it hasn't gotten better, it's time to take the straitjacket off. And to me, that is an affinity for and an overindulgence in technology, social media, YouTube. Once I realize that I am the product being herded to their benefit, more valuable to them when I waste my life staring than when I live it, well, it has led me and my family to make some changes. I'd like to go ahead and share some of that with you and also some of the good advice that they gave us at the end of that documentary. So for me, most of it attaches to the cell phone. I just spend too much time looking through things that don't really matter. I am an addict of Facebook, and I also fall down the rabbit hole of conservative news. And I'm not saying there isn't a place for those things. I just have to make it less of a dilemma less of an uncertainty as to whether it will be good for me or not. So the first thing I did is decided to plug up my phone at its charger in my room when I enter my home in the evenings. I can check it whenever I want, but I have to go stand by the bedside in order to do it. I don't use it on my couch. We certainly don't use it when we're having dinner. 
I've relegated it to a small space, and that had immediate benefits for me. I know families who have had success with this by having a basket where after a certain time at night, that's where all the phones go. If you want to check it, fine, but you have to go stand at the basket. Secondly, and this was huge, I took Facebook and Instagram and Twitter off of my cell phone. The problem with the cell phone is it's with me all the time. I wear it like that jacket. And while I may not be able to take it off, I can certainly eliminate those straps on the straight jacket binding me in. So I have those same programs on my laptop. And now when I want to look at such things, I go to my computer. I see what's going on with you, maybe, and like your latest photo, and then move on. There have been some terrific benefits of just those two moves. Number one, I feel less tethered to mindless consumption of time. I have certainly spent more time with my family, which is what I always say is important to do. And because when I pick up my phone, there's no Facebook there, I've started reading more. I have a Bible reading program. I read through devotionals and even other books on Kindle. To me, that's a lot better usage of time, and I feel more in control. I had to admit, and maybe this is a big step, that there are weaknesses in my character. Probably I will always have them. But I've made it too easy on the devil by the very thing that I'm married to that's always in my pocket and how I use it. As we close here, there were a couple of great suggestions from the end of that documentary. One of them was to never click on a suggested video or article. Go to Facebook, see what you want, and leave. Go to YouTube, watch what you need, and go. But don't let them send you down the rabbit hole of more information. Don't click on what do these Save by the Bell cast look like now. Don't let them take you down that road. That was helpful for me also. And lastly, a few things for the kids. They suggested asking your teenagers, how much time a day do you think you need on Instagram? Typically, they give much smaller numbers than what they're actually doing. They don't realize how much time they're wasting, which has been true for me as well. Then hold them to that. With Apple devices, you actually have a feature called screen time where you can limit that. Make decisions with your kids on how much time a day they should use watching Disney+. Plus. Get them to agree and understand, and then hold them to it. But remember, this all starts with example. I've got to start with me. Get better control and show my family the benefits. And then, maybe we can enjoy all those things. Facebook, YouTube, Disney+. Plus. But we will have it relegated to a small portion of our lives over which we have complete control, eliminating the anxiety of the social dilemma. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.